1: Everyone is mad about the Cincinnati Bengals offense. You, the fan watching this episode, probably not thrilled. Brian Callahan talking to the media, need to score more points. Joe Burrow, we played horrible in the second half, he said, after week six. But the defense picked things up. Let's talk about that offense a little bit more. Let's get into the defense in this week's film break. You are
0: locked on Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.
1: What's up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. Going to get into some film today. I'm your host, Jake Lesko, joined by your regular guest. Mike Santagata at Bengals underscore Sans, host of always game day in Cincinnati. You can also find his writing weekly film breakdowns at all And we're going to dive into the all 22 observations, including some things that went right at the start of the game for the offense, why and how they went off the rails. And the answer may not satisfy you, but on the other side of the ball, there were some really cool things on defense and the defense did bail the offense out. The Bengals get to three and three, of course at the bottom line is a win is a win. How they got there, however, is important, and everyone is frustrated with the Bengals' offense right now. So we're going to get into that today. This episode brought to you by the GameTime app, where you can create an account and use code LOCKDOWNNFL for $20 off your first purchase for last-minute tickets. Lowest price guaranteed. And Mike, let's start with the positive. This might rub some people the wrong way. I think right now people just want to be angry about this offense, which did not finish well. I was surprised a little bit at, at some of the attitudes uh, and maybe I shouldn't have been, but I thought getting to three and three, no matter how they get there is certainly preferable. And obviously you would like the offense to look better. And there's frustration from Joe Burrow to Brian Callahan, Zach Taylor, I think is never going to betray that, but you can see some of that in the way that he's talking about the way that they've kind of not taken advantage of opportunities on offense And it's very widespread, but they did get out to a 14-point start and two straight touchdowns to start the game. If you would have asked me about that in a vacuum in any game this year, I would have thought, great, that means they figured some stuff out and it wasn't just a scripted drive, it was a follow-up as well. What was working well for the Bengals those first two drives before things kind of fell apart? And I think a lot of this is maybe how Joe Burrow's playing, but curious to get your take. Well,
2: yeah, I mean that is going to be your biggest difference. But what they they weren't able to do before, and I felt like they did a good job in this game, was they stayed ahead of the sticks, and they did that passing the ball too. It wasn't just you know these runs were getting us five yards, and that kept us in a good spot for Bird to take two shots. It would be the first down pass uh, would get them eight yards, or you know second down would get them back ahead of the change, or sometimes even pick up the first down with that they. I always find that they kind of do their more. Uh, Try to think of like the the testing, uh, um, not traditional runs. Like when they get when the bullets start flying, they just kind of run tight zone and duo nonstop. That's their run place. But before that, in the scripted drives, they kind of get into let's see what trap looks like for us, like a long trap looks like for us this week, or let's see how. We look when we run last week, it was they ran some counter and they got into the pistol and actually did run a a pistol play in this game. And I don't think it was in the first two drives and it didn't go well. (laughs) But they, they were able to pick up some chunk gains. And they really, early on, they got to those third downs, they got to that fourth down. And then it felt like they weren't really even hitting third down. Or if they were, it was a manageable third. It wasn't a... Oh no, third down of like uh, defense is going to tee off and yeah. they're going to send everybody, they're going to be too high in coverage and try to play aggressive underneath. It wasn't like that. It was like they have to honor the run in this situation, mm-hmm. uh, which they don't always get into that. So it felt like that's the generic idea of like, why was the offense good? Because they were good on every down and they weren't just putting themselves in holes, doing any issues, you know, sacks, penalties, whatever. It was sound offense, and the quarterback was lights-out accurate. I mean, I don't think he missed a pass on those first two drives. Incompletion, maybe, but, you know.
1: And not just accurate, but decisive, and the timing was there. And all the things that I said in the winning streak last year with Joe Burrow that I couldn't stop saying over and over again, where the ball was coming out at the right time to the right place, giving his guy a chance for yards after the catch. Like, I said that ad nauseum down the stretch last year when he was playing really well. And that's kind of how it looked for the first two drives. The ball was coming out quickly. It was a lot of short stuff, and it was working. Your feeling about the third downs is correct. They faced a third and two. They faced a third and six, and they faced another third and two on those first two drives of the game. The third and six, they converted where they caught Seattle with nobody going with Joe Mixon to the flat. I think a really good play call into a blitz on that side of the field. Joe Burrow, aware of it, gets the ball out to Mixon in a spot where he can run after the catch. The second, third down, they don't convert with a pass that was slightly off. Again, trying to go to Joe Mixon, who should have had a first down. I think he should have caught the ball. Not the easiest catch in the world, but a ball that Mixon probably should have caught. They then get the fourth down on the neutral zone infraction. I wonder if they would have gone for that. I still wonder about that, if they were just trying to get him to jump or not. Burroughs hard count, a weapon at home. Talked about that in the post-game episode yesterday. Their other third down, down in the red zone on the second drive, was a third and two. They get the pickup on a running play. Like you said, you got to respect the run. And it was a four-yard run for Mixon. But outside of that, second and one, second and five, second and one on the next drive, second and six, first and ten, first first and 10. And, and then finally, they get to a second and 10, and then first and goal. I mean, hyper-efficient stuff on early downs in this mm-hmm. game, which is something that we have been talking about. The early downs needed to be better when they ran the ball on early downs at the start of the game. They were getting four or five yards for the most part. Mixon did get stuffed at one point there as well down in the red zone, but the run game fell off as the game went on. And then they got themselves into, you know, still third and manageable, but then they're a yard short on that that next drive where TV is just a yard short of the first down. If he gets the first down, easy to imagine they go down and score again. You think about this offense last year. They get that first, first down on the drive and take the cap off of things. And then you see them starting to move. I guess they did get the first first down on that drive. So I, I guess that point kind of flies out the window. They didn't get the second one on three straight passes to Tyler Boyd, the total nine yards. And then in the second half, things kind of go off the rails, right? And and from your perspective, let's, let's focus on before Orlando Brown goes out What's your, what's your quick synopsis mm-hmm. before we dive into some details? Cause I think you can point to every unit as Brian Callahan and Zach Taylor did, but like, what's the, the high level picture of, okay, this is why it went wrong. And this is my elevator pitch.
2: I mean, yeah, I think you point to every unit. Um, my main issue was there was too much quarterback inaccuracy and, you know, that put them behind the chains or, led to an interception on one play, which I didn't think Burrow really under threw that deep ball. I thought he left it inside was the real issue, which we actually talked about last week, or was like, mm-hmm. he's leaving some of those outside balls inside and he kind of does it there. Um, but quarterback's not accurate. Like he was in the first half, the first two drives, at least he's not putting the ball on these guys almost. I think there are more throws in that third quarter that I would probably chart as missed throws, even if they hit a guy in the hand or hands, uh, then I would chart as good throw or anything like that. Um, you could think of the ones where I think it was third quarter where Tyler Boyd had to like dive. I think it was Boyd dive backwards with one hand is like that either not on the same page or it just seemed to me like Burrow's not accurate. Uh, they had, I think that's when they finally started giving up a sack was on that in the second half. I don't think, they give up one in the first half they might have i don't but... think
1: there was either off the top of my head
2: so you give up all three i believe sacks in the second half and those are Excellent. drive killers um the run game falls off a cliff for the most part uh it's no longer very efficient which the seahawks are a good run defense and they mm-hmm. kind of they play fast they're difficult to block in the run game because a lot of moving pieces that actually came up on the third and one carry that they gave the Mixon was a run blitz and they stunned the line and brought him and get a free runner that way, even though you've got nine guys that are all blockers, including six offensive linemen, yeah. three tight end or whatever. Uh, it's tough. And then when you miss those opportunities, you only get so many drives in a game. So later on you have the Ford stuff and we'll talk about the fourth quarter, but when I saw the mm-hmm. third quarter, it felt like they just let drives get away from them. And a lot of me, a lot of that to me was the quarterback was no longer accurate. And I still think he was fairly on time, but we'll get to, I don't think he was the entire game.
1: I think that there's even more to talk about with just quarterback inaccuracy as well in the way Burrow played in the second half. So we'll go there. We'll talk about some of the other units as well, because protection wasn't perfect. Although I did think it was pretty good. Receivers had mistakes. They're still not getting anything out of their tight ends. So we can talk about the rest of this offense and where they can go from there coming up next. This episode of Lockdown Bengals is sponsored by BetterHelp. And if you've ever felt like your brain was getting in its own way, like, you know, you've got to go do something, but those Instagram reels are too seductive and you can't stop scrolling because they're really good at getting your attention. Like, you know what you should do and what's good for you and you can't do it. BetterHelp and therapy can help you figure out what's holding you back so you can work on yourself instead of, against yourself. And the reason that BetterHelp is so great is that you can find therapists that are suited to the kinds of work that you want to do. It's designed to be convenient, it's flexible, it's suited to your schedule. So you can pick the therapist and the therapy time and the therapy medium that is going to fit with your availability. You can fill out a questionnaire to get matched with the skill set that is going to fit your needs and switch if it's not working for you for no additional charge. So make your brand your friend with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash on. You're going to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, hel com slash on.
3: Today's show is also brought to you by DoorDash. The NFL season, while well, it's in full swing, and the Bengals are on a bye, which means I'm not leaving my couch. Nope, not unless it's to record with Jake, and I get to do that because DoorDash is going to deliver the food that I want, whether it's pizza, whether it's wings, whether it's my favorite place here in Cincy, my chicken place, City Bird, DoorDash will deliver it directly to my door. And so all the chips, dips, nachos, everything you could want on game day, or maybe it's just a night in where you don't want to get off the couch and you want to eat great. You can do that with DoorDash. And right now, You can get 50% off, up to a $10 value. When you spend $15 or more on your first order, when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKED23. Subject to change, terms apply. Again, that's 50% off, up to a $10 value. When you spend $15 or more on your first order, when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKED23. Don't forget to use code LOCKED23 for 50% off, up to $10 on your first order. When you download the DoorDash app and spend $15 or more, subject to change, Terms apply.
1: One thing I'll say about the offense that is part of the reason that I haven't gotten so worked up over it. And it's frustrating. I think that there's no way after the way that game started that you think the Bengals should only score 24 points. And and they had numerous opportunities. So like, it is frustrating. Don't get me wrong. But I can't bring myself to believe that Joe Burrow is just going to play like this for the whole season. We we haven't seen him play like this erratically, and I would describe him as erratic in the second half with his accuracy for, for long periods of time, really ever in his career. But, you know, you, you talked about it a little bit. You look at the way things went. You, you leave a go ball inside. They, they, I think Jamar, Joe, Zach have talked about there being a miscommunication there. Like maybe it was a back shoulder. I think Jamar took accountability for that. It looks like the ball could have gone over the top to me watching live. But, but you get either a miscommunication or a bad ball placement there. You get some incomplete passes that are thrown behind, or, or you get drops here and there. You get a, a shot play where you get an immediate pressure and Burrow has to check it down instead of hitting. Irv Smith, who, who looks to be coming wide open on tight end leak, play action leak, or, or, or sneak, as Kyle Kasky called it when he tweeted the play, they get zero yards on three straight incomplete passes and this is when the accuracy was really under a magnifying glass after Cam Taylor Britt's interception they still get a field goal out of it but well, what what needs to change is it that I, I don't think there's a silver bullet to be clear because people have asked me this question too so i'm just curious to get your take is it that like T Higgins needs to catch the ball and needs to play better is it that they need, they need to block better is it you know which which thing if you had to rank them needs to improve in terms of order of importance.
2: Yeah, I mean, number one's quarterback, but we both are expecting that to get better. I also expect T.A. to get better. I mean, it's it's hard to really get on guys when you know they're playing through injuries that are significantly yeah. impacting them. You know, it, it, it
1: is, to be clear. Like T's playing through a lot of pain right now. It doesn't necessarily go back to the early season struggles, but right now he's playing through yeah. significant pain.
2: Broken ribs. Some people have had those. <laughs> yeah. try to catch a ball outside and have guys ripping at your arm as you're up there. Yeah, uh, right. It's tough. Yeah. So, you know, it's hard to get on him. I hopefully that just gets healthier and he can get back to being who he who he is. Um, I think the receivers playing better is number two for me because the blocking had issues, but we can get to it. The when Cody Ford came in. They ran more real offense than I was expecting because sometimes when that happens and they know they're at the disadvantage, they kind of turtle up it's all quick game if it's a mm-hmm. three step, which they did do some of these three steps whereas it's a fast three. It's not like a one crossover one, it's like a whoop, 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 whoop and then try to get that ball out and speed up everything. And I do think Burrow had a little bit of a lack of trust in the backup in and Cody and kind of Volson after the sack. Um, where there was a play, he saw a flash on his left side and he kind of just throws it and kind of fell down at the same time, like kind of turtling for a hit. And that made me go, oh, he didn't even like that got picked up. Like there was a flash of white jersey, but you know, Volson actually was able to control it and pick it up afterward. So that kind of in my head went, okay, you know, like he's not trusting the protection, he can't really trust any receiver besides Jamar Chase right now, except maybe Yossi on <laughs> because he made that one play. Um, but, you know, maybe Boyd because he made a couple of plays. But when you look at the receivers aren't doing enough, I think we have i rank importance is number one quarterback, number two receiver for me, and then number three, the offensive line. Um, and I also think when it comes to the play calling, I think people go overboard with it. But I also do think they get away from some of their more, yeah, I hate this term, creative stuff like you think of some of the plays they get to do on these scripted drives, when everything starts flying, it feels like sometimes they get into a comfort zone of these are our, you know, these are our bread and butter plays. Let's run yeah. these plays. But when those get taken away, they don't go like in that Cardinals game. They don't then move to let's run that play action boot naked with Jamar Chase uh, running a slide route from on the ball. And we turn our back to the defense on the play fake. They don't really get to that. They just kind of go like, huh, these ones aren't working. Let's get to these ones that we know normally work, but when the receivers aren't working as well and the quarterback's not working as well and protection's not holding up as well, those aren't working anymore. So it does feel like there needs to be a little bit more uh, confidence to stray away from what you know and call some stuff that is definitely in the playbook. Not saying just watch the Miami film and just like draw that up on the sideline on the back of the football, but call something that is a little bit of a tendency break or something they don't really get to that often.
1: You mean you don't wanna watch the Lions run that reverse flea flicker and then steal it for later in the day? Not everyone can do that. You mean that's maybe weird?
2: the revert the fake reverse, that's working right now. You see Derrick Henry did that the and worked against the Bengals last week where you yeah. kinda like run over like they're gonna fake that reverse and then just gone. Steal that one, maybe.
1: <laughs> it requires courage, confidence. Mm-hmm. It's a riskier approach. And maybe they just need to take more risks on offense in terms of like getting to some stuff where it's not their bread and butter, it's not their staples, it's not their meat and potatoes. They need to go off the menu and try some sushi. And I think I'm speaking to Midwesterners when I say that. Uh, so if you're one of the Midwesterners that likes sushi, that doesn't apply to you, but you know what I mean? It's about getting more adventurous a little bit at times. And to be clear, I, you know, you talked about Cordell Volson, I thought Volson was actually mostly fine in this game. The sack that he gave up was a bad sack to give up. Jonah Williams gave up a bad pressure. That was on mm-hmm. uh the the leak play that I talked about earlier that Kyle Kasky treated about that that I also talked about. And and you know you're running trap protection. So Kappa's going across the field to block outside of Orlando Brown on the other side and Jonah Williams just gives up the inside. It looks like maybe there's a jump set. Maybe there's an issue there that that is like that's trying to sell the run a little bit. Yeah, I, I don't really know. But, he, you know, he's, his first step is like either neutral or just a little bit outside. He's trying to get early on, on Mafe, early contact. And Mafe just steps inside. And then you're just in a tough position to recover from. He doesn't. And Joe has to throw in a panic to Jamar Chase on the check down. And so you get these little plays here and there where, you know, if it's not that it's, you know, Joe Burrow throws a pass. And maybe he's accurate, but it hits a Seahawks defender in the helmet. who's yeah. not looking at the play or he's throwing behind a guy or a guy maybe runs the wrong route and it looks like he throws behind a guy or, you know, you go down the list and then you've got receivers making mistakes, tight ends making mistakes. You got, you know, running into an absolute wall on a third and short and not getting out of the play. You get calling the wrong protection on the sack that comes on a free rusher where doesn't look like Jonah Williams does his job. So it's a variety of things that, they just need to iron out and that's why it's so hard when people ask what needs to be fixed because there's there's like all these little things and they need to be more on top of their details maybe that is coaching and and that's where the coaching criticism could be on the other side of the ball i think we saw some some things from Luana Anaruma that should give us some some reason to be encouraged so let's flip over to the defense here coming up next Today's episode of Lockdown Bengals brought to you by the GameTime app, who believes you shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to the next Bengals game you want to attend, even if it is Monday night football. Game Time is a fast and easy way to buy tickets for, if it's not a Bengals game or another sporting event, music, comedy, theater, and sports, of course, near you. With killer last-minute deals all in prices, views from your seat, which I've talked about and I love, and their best price guarantee, Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. And I I said this recently, I love being able to see the preview of the view from my seat when I'm buying tickets to any sort of event. That's how you avoid the obstructive views. You make sure that you're going to be able to see what it is you want to see when I'm going to a football game. I like to be up high enough to actually see everything going on. I don't like it when I'm in the end zone view. So getting those views from the seat is really helpful. You can also save $20 right now on your first purchase when you download the GameTime app. You can create an account and use code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Some terms do apply. Again, you can create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off with the GameTime app. For last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed.
3: Today's show is also brought to you by Streetside Brewery. Love, love, love Streetside. So excited that they are the official brewery of the Locked on Bengals podcast. And man, oh man, not only are they family owned and operated since 2016, and well, they're in Columbia, Tusculum, right there at 4003 Eastern Avenue. Hopefully you made it to their pregame tailgate before The Bengals win over the Seahawks. The good news is they're going to have one before every single home game. And look, I know it's a bye week, but it's the perfect place to go have a cold one. Maybe you want to watch some college football on Saturday, watch Thursday night football, or maybe you want to check in on all of the NFL action on Sunday. Streetside is the perfect place to do it. So don't delay. I went there earlier this season. I'm going to try to get there again this week because it's the bye week. So why not? kick your feet up and and have a few cold ones. You can do that with street side, whether it's their coffee blondes or all 24 different taps that they have. They're going to have something for you. I love their variety. So check them out. It's not the East side or the West side. Remember the best side is street side. I'm
1: sure we're leaving some stones on the ground and not overturning them on the offensive side of the ball, but we should talk about this defense. I did want to go back to one thing that we said we were going to talk about and we didn't get to. I talked about the Yosivash touchdown touchdown mm-hmm. on yesterday's show after the game. You had a really cool observation about this, and I wanted to let you share before we transition to the defense.
2: Oh, yeah, just when he gets to the scramble drill, like it does get jammed up like you talked about. They actually had, I think, two guys on him. It, was, yeah. it looked like Woolen and Adams were just jamming the crap out of him. And then when he goes to scramble, a lot of guys, they stay on that back line. And it's hard when you're the quarterback to find a trajectory for that ball to get over a six-foot, what, four corner and Tariq Woolen, get that ball over him and to Yoshivas. Instead, he trusts his speed and he trusts his ability. He's not going to try to sneak behind him. He cuts in front of him and gives his quarterback a good angle for the throw. And I think that's a big reason why Burrow threw it, too, is he see him cut in front and I was like, oh, okay, now I've got you and this is going to be an easy throw. I could just dart it.
1: It was easy and it was – a Pretty impressive play for the rookie. Love to see that kind of awareness. Another thing that we didn't have a ton of time to dive into in detail is the running game. And one thing that Brian Callahan said when he talked to the media on Monday before the Bengals kind of break for their bye week is he's talking about maybe getting under center more is something that they're going to look at. I know they're going to look at some some other stuff as well. It's a big self scout week. So hopefully they can can find some answers there. But let's get into this defense. As always, later than intended. When you and I talk, Mike, and uh, they gave up some explosive plays. They were kind of a mixed bag and and man free. They they lost some guys a, a couple times, but there was a lot that was very impressive in this game too. Potentially from film study, we talked about this a little bit before we started recording. The Mike Hilton interception he talked about after the game was a play that when Jackson Smith and Jigba was in motion behind the line of scrimmage that was just the the trigger for him to be like, okay, they, they'll they run a wheel route out of this, and he runs the route for him, gets a pick. Mm-hmm. Cam Taylor Britt potentially had a tell from DK Metcalf on his interception as well, where DK Metcalf said after the game that he ran the route for him, and, and that's why DK Metcalf went into scramble drill and didn't finish his route there. So, so some potential positive plays for for those two guys, but also very impressive in the trenches. What stood out the most to you? Trenches.
2: The I think that is what stood out to me the most was just the amount of pressure and the time they're able to beat uh, the offensive line in front of them because they faced a mismatch in their favor. And I want to say like that. That's what I thought about week two against Baltimore. And you know, Baltimore does get the most out of their backup linemen. It seems, but at the same time, backup linemen like they should have won those matchups. Yes. And they didn't win it the same way that they won it this week, where they faced some backups. They still faced some starters. Uh, but, you know, the backups in there and they treated the backups like backups. They, they were able to, you know, they looked like the starting unit in like a preseason game. And they're like the other teams testing out a left guard. Like, OK, that one's not it <laughs> type of situation. So, yeah, I and everybody did. It felt like everybody on the defensive line. Well, most of the people on the defensive line got a play or two in there as a pass rusher. The starting four, you know, all four of them. Had mm-hmm. sacks or pressures. And then Cam Sample was a shockingly good player. Not to say he hasn't been good, but this was like, whoa, good. And especially it's from the interior. And that's like, oh man, they need interior pass rusher right now. So Sample being able to bring that, give Reader a few breaks, even though Reader was yeah. a good pass rusher too. uh That was the best part to me, was being able to see that. And I thought they did a pretty solid job when it was a starting unit in the run game. And that's a good run offense to be able to hold up against.
1: Yeah. And there was one explosive run early up the middle. From, that was from I backups
2: too. That was uh, right. Cause I was
1: Tupo in there. I yeah. And, and that is something that we do need to talk about. The starting defensive line plus game sample uh, was, was good. Uh, Sam Hubbard, maybe the best pass rush game of his career, at least in in my memory. And and I could be forgetting a standout game, but he abused Jake Curran, who's the backup right tackle. For the Seattle Seahawks, you want your starting and fairly well-paid, you know, $10 million a year defensive end to abuse a backup right tackle he did. Charles Cross, good battle with Trey Hendrickson. Trey got his. Charles Cross, a good pass protector, uh, had had a, a, you know, his fair share of wins, but wasn't disappointed with Trey Hendrickson's contributions by any means. But again, what, what a game for Cam Sample. Talked about that after the game as well. Had three crucial pressures that really helped the Bengals get off the field, had a clean sack, had a clean pressure to force a a terrible throw. And, you know, you may have seen some clips about, you know, DK Metcalf running free deep or Jackson Smith and Jibber running free deep from time to time. One, I think those pictures might have been a bit deceiving in at least one case where Dax Hill maybe is baiting a throw. I think Joe Goodberry has talked about that. Um, But two, one of the reasons that Gino was unable to – Pull the trigger on some throws in that game is a because of the pressure, and B because Louis Lou and Rumo found the right buttons to push not only to get that pressure home, but in terms of forcing Geno Smith to take that beat and be like, Am I really seeing what I think I'm seeing? And we've talked about this a ton with quarterbacks around the league where if you can get them to hesitate, that split second of hesitation, that extra hitch is often the difference in a play.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, and. Props to coverage. I I don't mean to say that they weren't great. They were great, and there were plays that, to me, the Bengals want to be that stout, like good coverage on the back end and a squeezing pocket, which they mostly were able to do in this game. They didn't really give run lanes for the most part. I think of that one scramble Geno had, and actually... Should have had a touchdown on a, on a leak play. It's, it's rare both teams missed a leak when they called it for touchdowns. Right. But uh, he took a scramble on it because he got a little bit of pressure and ran. But other than that, they kind of honed him in that pocket. Um, the covers on the back end was good. I know you talked about the man free, but whenever they brought pressure, it felt like for the most you know like you live and die when you're in cover zero like that. And for the most part, they got good plays out of it. There were a couple mm-hmm. plays here and there that maybe they didn't get the perfect call. I don't think they gave up two i don't think they gave up any explosives off their cover zero like if they gave something up it was maybe a first down and six seven eight ten yards but it wasn't like 20 yards they're chasing them from behind because they brought a blitz so i think that's you know high quality uh what i liked the most on the back end was it looked like they were communicating and passing things off at a high level which is something they haven't been able to do this year You could see it between the linebackers and the safeties and the corners. Everybody seemed to be on the same page when they would play coverages where they needed to, based off the route distribution, let, you know, like the linebacker is going to let the deep route go to the safety and then take the shallow. Or they're going to have a call because they know the, the offense is trying to run double China corner, which is, you know, two in routes and one deep corner in the red zone there, and they know that's coming. So they say, okay, I'm going to look like I have to take this corner, and he's going to get the easy throw on the short end, but you're going to take the corner, and I'm going to jump that in route. And that was one play that, uh, if you remember, Gino ended up throwing, and it looked like, who did he throw that to? And I think it's because he thought what I just said was like, he's going to take the corner route, it's man coverage, and I'm going to throw this in route because it's going to get picked basically like not picked interception picked as in they're going to pick that safety that's supposed to be running with this in route. He mm-hmm. sees corner jump it. He goes, Oh no, just gotta <laughs> throw it high. So nobody could get it. It's like, well, it's always second down. We got two more. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I thought they're communicating, playing good coverage. They're really smart. Like you were saying with the film study and whatnot, uh, that Mike Hilton talked about and what DK Metcalf talked about with Cam Taylor Britt, which that one is just like, he took the inside release get back on his inside because when they take an inside release, they're probably breaking inside, you know, at least Metcalf, you know, he's not one of those Justin Jefferson types that's going to inside release Mm -hmm. to outside route type of thing.
1: Yeah. I also want to shout out Dax Hill. I think that he continues to improve. I feel like every week he's kind of been like, yeah, Dax Hill doing some cool things and we haven't spent a ton of time talking about Dax Hill (laughs) as a blitzer. He continues to make a, a pretty good impact. That's his athleticism. His athleticism, and, and again, Joe Goodberry talked about this today is blatantly obvious when he's on the field, when he has a target, his range from center field, and they're putting him in center field a little bit more. We're seeing that, that push toward him being a deep free safety a little bit more. Um, and, and maybe this is for preparation for Jordan battle for speculating, right? Jordan battle only on the field for seven snaps in this game, but, uh, making making a, a noted impact as a blitzer in addition to the coverage stuff in addition to being a solid tackler and and lou anirumo praised the tackling this game he said they only missed five tackles i thought it was still a problem to be honest personally i think that there were like some soft tackles that gave up a lot of yards after contact but yeah. it wasn't necessarily a missed tackle um so, so still some room for improvement there but the biggest area for concern for me is the interior defensive line backups where mm-hmm. like when DJ and BJ are off the field it's there's no difference yeah. there's nothing on base downs it, it's it's rough and I don't know what you do about that midseason because Josh Chipo is certainly playing worse than he has the the step we expected Zach Carter to take has not shown up and Jplet can't get active maybe he's active next week and in, in week seven week eight against San Francisco we'll see uh but but some work to do there Mike Appreciate the time and thoughts. As always, you can find him again at allbengals.com and at it's always game day in Cincinnati and on Twitter at Bengals underscore Sands. That's going to do it for this episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. We've got some more guests coming up this week, so make sure you don't miss any episodes here, even though we're on the bye. We'll get some more insight into what's going on with the Bengals and how self-scouting is going to go this week down at pay court. Until next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. Hootay, and have a good one.
0: Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Lockdown NFL Draft Podcast.